Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for hopping on and joining us for our first service of 2021. Um, it looks a little bit different, obviously. We, were, we would have loved to have you all here, um, but thank you for hopping on, logging on. Please be engaged this morning. Join us, put comments into the, the spots, depending on where you are, just into those comments spots, so that we can just be connected together this morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Mia. Um, I've been on staff here at Harvest for the last three and a half years. Um, I've been married to my handsome husband, Ted, who's behind me here. Is, he is the big bearded, bald-headed singer on the worship team, Ted. He's my handsome husband. Together, we have two boys, Titus, who is seven years old, um, and Asher, who is seven months old. Um, he's kind of the reason I've been a little bit MIA this last year. Aside from COVID, um, I was planning on going on a maternity leave. So um, I have been a little bit away, but it makes me that much more excited to get to be here with all of you this morning, um, when Pastor Roy first asked me to share this morning, the very first thing I did was I laughed. Not because I was not super excited about doing this, but I really thought he was joking. Um, this is the first time I get to share on a Sunday morning. And so it being the first Sunday of the year, I thought, you know, he'd want to like start it with a bang. So guys, I guess I'm your bang. So um, stick around. I'm super excited just to share with you what I feel like God has put in my heart for all of us this morning. Um, I don't think I have to convince anybody in saying that 2020 was a really rough year. I feel like if you were all here, I'd say like, put your hands up. So maybe in the comments, just be like, yeah, I get it. Um, yeah, I don't think I have to convince any of you. There was great stuff that happened. Um, the birth of our second boy uh, took place. So it's not like the year was like a total washout, but there was a lot of really difficult, dark things that took place last year. And I feel like coming into this year, it feels like there's just a lot of darkness. And so when I was asked to share this morning, I just wanted to go back and remind myself, you know, what does the word of God say about new beginnings? What does the word of God say about darkness? Um, because it's like, we know some of those things, especially if you've been in church for a while, if you've grown up in the church like I did, you know, we know those things, but we need to remind ourselves because we kind of get stuck in the blah and we need to renew ourselves and we need to remind ourselves of the goodness of God. And so I just want to share with you this morning about a few things that I found. Um, I, got, I get really excited. I get really fast and like, I'm going to try and like get it out to you. Oh, I need to look up there. I keep looking at myself. I need to look up. I'm going to try to be calm and just like communicate as best as I can. But if I am going to quickly in the comments, say Mia, slow down and I'll try to take a breath. Um, my husband was saying that like they should have gotten some signs to like let me know um, just so I, I don't go away too quickly for you all. But I want to begin this morning in Genesis. It's the very beginning of the, of the Bible, and it's where I love to start every new year. And so if you have your Bible, please open it with me. If not, you can just join me on the screen. Um, to Genesis 1, verse 1 through 3, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Let's just pray before we go any further. Father, I just pray right now that your spirit would just hover over every single one of us that hears my voice this morning and that God, you would speak to the areas of darkness and that you would just breathe life and you would breathe, bring light to our lives. God, I just pray that as we begin this new year, we would do it in your presence. And God, I thank you that you are a God who loves 
to bring light and life to the areas of darkness in our lives. So I just pray that you would just take over this message and that you would just anoint it and just bring freedom in Jesus' name. Um, one of the stories that I want to share with you this morning is probably one of my all-time favorite stories in the Bible. It's the story of Lazarus. And I was, you know, I've been really digging into it recently, but it's a story that I have loved my whole life. Um, I grew up in the church and it's one of those like stories that you can go back to in any season and God will just share something new to you um, in it. And so it's a story about resurrection. It's a story about darkness. It's a, a story about hope and hopelessness. And because it is a little bit long, I'm going to just kind of condense it. I'm going to read it to you. Um, but go back today or later this week and really dig in because there are bits that I just can't get into today. Um, I was sharing with Ted last night, like I just, there's so much I wish that I could get to you, but I really want to just focus in on a few bits that I feel like God wants to just kind of put into each of us for the beginning of this new year. So let's lock in and let's read. It's in John 11. Um, the whole story is from verse one through 44. We're going to just kind of condense it a bit. Um, so here we go. Now a certain man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village where Mary and her sister Martha lived. It was the Mary who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sisters sent word to him saying, Lord, our brother and your friend whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but on the contrary, it is for the glory and the honor of God so that, God, so that the son of God may be glorified by it. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, while Mary remained sitting in the house. What, then Martha said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. After she said that, she left and called her sister Mary, privately whispering to her, the teacher is here and he's asking for you. When she heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. When Mary came to the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her sobbing and the Jews who had also come with her sobbing, he was deeply moved in spirit to the point of anger at the sorrow caused by death and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him as a close friend. But some of them said, could not this man who opened the blind man's eyes have kept this man from dying? So Jesus, again, deeply moved to within the point of anger, approached the tomb. It was a cave and a boulder was laying against it to cover the entrance. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an offensive odor for he has been dead for four days. It is hopeless. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe in me, you will see the glory of God, the expression of his excellence. So they took away the stone and Jesus raised his eyes towards heaven and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me and listen to me, but I have said this because of the people standing around me so that they may believe that you sent me and that you have made me your representative. When he said this, he shouted out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Out came the man who had been dead, his hands and his feet tightly wrapped in burial cloths, strips of linen, and with a burial cloth around his face. Jesus said, unwrap him and release him. You know, it's in Genesis, in the darkness, that we first see God. And we learn that he is creative. We learn that he, his spirit hovers over darkness and that he brings life. It's in the tomb where Lazarus was dead, that we see God bring life. It's in a hopeless situation where we see 
a brother and a friend given back to sisters and friends that were hopeless and mourning and grieving. In Isaiah 43, 19, it says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It's in the wilderness and in the desert that we see God promise to do new things. And so I want to tell you this morning, I am confident that last year brought a lot of, of brokenness, a lot of death to your life. But it is precisely in those moments and in those places that I believe that this year God wants to do a new thing. He wants to bring healing and he wants to bring life and restoration to you. And I believe that what God revealed in 2020, he's going to heal in 2021. And in the word of God, we can see not a roadmap or a formula, but we can see components to how we can partner with him to see ourselves freed and other people freed as well. New beginnings begin in the dark. But we also have to invite Jesus into our graveyard. You know, in verse 34, it, Jesus, they say to Jesus, come and see. It's interesting to me that they sent word to Jesus that their brother was sick. And yet they didn't actually invite him into healing until once he was there. And I think that that's a lot like me. I, would, I can imagine it's a lot like you, that there are times that I go to Jesus and I tell him about things in my life that are broken or in the lives of other people that are decaying and lifeless. And yet I don't invite him in. And I think that that's because of past disappointment. I think that's because hope can hurt sometimes because we don't want to be disappointed and we want Jesus to be there with us. And we see Jesus come and we see him mourn with them and we see him grieve with them. But it's not until they say, come and see that we see Jesus resurrect Lazarus. And so I want to say to you this morning, if that's where you're at, if you feel hopeless, if you feel depleted, it's okay, and I want you to see in here that Mary and Martha had a really raw, vulnerable conversation with Jesus, and I love it. And I've had these conversations with Jesus before. They both echo one another in saying to him, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And, you know, I think that throughout last year, I know for myself, there were, there were moments when I said, you know, Jesus, if you had been here, if you had shown up earlier, this would not have happened. And so if that's where you're at this morning, Invite Jesus to your graveyard and be honest with him about what you're feeling and where you are. We also see um, them say to Jesus, you know, they resisted hopelessness. They resisted hope. Um, and we see them lay out the reality of what they saw and resist that hope. We see Martha say, he's been dead for four days. It's hopeless. When Jesus said, okay, roll away, roll away the stone. And I want to share with you a story from last year. It was probably one of the most clear um, I think parallels to this story I've ever seen in my life. Um, but it was also a moment of like a situation that went from hopeless to impossible. On July 24th, my parents messaged me and my siblings and said, you need to pray for your sister. And this isn't new. My sister struggles with epilepsy. They've let us know before, you know, she's had some serious seizures with she's ended up in the hospital. But on July 24th, a seizure resulted in her heart stopping. And her heart didn't stop for five minutes. It didn't stop for 10 minutes. Like Lazarus, he wasn't just dead for a day. He wasn't just dead for two or three days. He was dead for four days. And my sister's heart actually stopped for about 25 minutes. And they were able to bring her back to life. They were able to resuscitate her. Um, but like, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but 25 minutes is a really long time. And so I did what I think most people would do in that situation. And that is I looked up on Dr. Google, what it means, what are the chances of this happening? And we see in this story with Lazarus, they looked at the situation, they assessed it and they said, it's hopeless. It is impossible. And I, when I looked at Dr. Google, 
what I found was this was a beyond hopeless situation. Um, if you were to look it up, you would see that all around the world, in America and in, in Europe, there are guidelines. And there's nothing that says, you know, after a certain amount of time, stop trying, stop trying to bring them back. But basically, after 20 minutes, there's no hope. And yet here we were, she was breathing again on, on a machine and we were, we were hoping for her and we were believing for her and we invited Jesus into that hopeless situation. And just like with Mary and Martha, when they hoped against hope and they rolled back the, 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 the stone away from the grave and when we hoped against hope and we prayed for my sister, we saw God do a miracle in her life and they saw God do, Jesus do a miracle in Lazarus's life. And so I want to tell you this morning, I have seen the impossible happen and if you're looking at impossible dead situations in your life, you too can see impossible things happen in this year. Um, something else I want to draw your attention to this morning is our need for obedience. And Mary and Martha, the people that were there, they had to obey Jesus and roll away the stone. But Lazarus had to obey. You know, we see here in verse 43 and 44, it says, Lazarus came, Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. And out came the man who had been dead, his hands and his feet tightly wrapped in burial cloths and his face covered. You know, this is one of my favorite stories, like I said. And in all of like the children's storybooks, um, Lazarus comes like striding out of the grave. You know, he's like high-fiving people like, woo, I'm resurrected. But that's not actually what the story says. And, you know, I try to always put myself into just what I'm reading in the Bible to really just figure out like, you know, how would I feel and what would be going on? And I really don't know, you know, did Lazarus still smell? You know, did he know he was stinky? <laughs> like, did he, like, I have no idea. But what I do know is that I cannot imagine a situation where I would wake up, have my eyes covered and be bound and not feel terrified. There's just no situation. And when I look at areas in my life where I have felt like the stone has been rolled away and I've been called out of the grave, there is not one time that I wasn't fully aware of the stench of death on my life and the shameful things in my life. And it is, I think, sometimes hopelessness um, and disappointments, but also fear and shame that keeps us in our tomb. And if Lazarus did not obey... If he did not go through that, through that fear, he would have died again in the very tomb that he was raised to, from to life. And I believe that there are things this year that God wants to bring back to life that have been brought to life before, but have died again. And I don't want to put a heavy on you by saying, you know, you know, shame on you for not coming out of that grave. It is hard. But obedience sometimes looks like a waddle. And I know that sounds weird, but that's what Jesus asked for Lazarus to do. Jesus did what only he could do, and that was to bring him back to life. But he only asked Lazarus to do what the only thing Lazarus could do, and that was to waddle out of the grave. Like he was bound and in fear, and he came out of that grave. And if he had not done that, he would have died again. And so I think sometimes, you know, we see Jesus bring back to life things in people's lives. And then we're like, why are they still bound? Why are they not free? Because they're not capable and we're not capable of doing those things on our own. But what we are capable of doing is waddling out of the grave and allowing people to unbind us. And that's the next thing that I, I want to share with you this morning is that Jesus resurrects, but we have a role to play and that is to unbind the people around us. If I can see, it is my responsibility to help someone else see. It is not to put shame on them for not seeing. And you know, it's something that I see 
a lot on, on, um, on Facebook comments. It's a lot of things that I see sometimes in people's frustration when they make posts about people that they're frustrated with, or I hear it in conversations. And I, and I, I don't think I'm alone, but if you've heard this, you know, yeah, I just want to highlight, have you ever heard people say, I thought they were a Christian. Why are they doing that? I thought they were a Christian. Why are they still, you know, fill in the blank, swearing, drinking, using drugs? Why are they still in an affair? Don't they know Jesus? Why are they still dealing with pornography? Don't they know that Jesus resurrects? I want to speak to you and say to you this morning that Jesus will bring life to you, but it's our responsibility to unbind and to help people walk in freedom. And I believe that this year is going to be a very different year because all of us, we all are struggling and it is our responsibility to get around one another in the areas that we are free and unbind one another so that we aren't just looking at people that were dead and brought back to life and happened to wobble out, but we're actually going to unbind one another there was you know a season in my life where the dead things in my life became really stinky and what I mean by that is you know when 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 you're cut and it you know it's left to fester or you just cover it up and don't do anything with it it becomes it begins to stink and when we're hurt in life when things happen in our lives that hurt us it can begin to stink when we just bleed out everywhere and I think sometimes we we misunderstand death and um, the stench of death. And I think in my life, so I want to give you an example of where in my life, the landing strip of where love landed in my life, there was a bit of that that died. But I didn't know that that's what had died. What I saw was addiction and what I saw was depression and what we saw was anxiety. And so there was this thing that was dead and we knew that something was dead and it manifested in all these ways. And those, those ways got really loud in my life. And I had a pastor and a husband that loved me enough to, with fear and trepidation, <laughs> sit me down and tell me that I needed help. And I needed professional help. I needed help to unroll those, those really heavy, heavy boulders. And I needed help to unwrap myself. And, you know, in this story, Lazarus's waddle looked like him hopping out of the grave. And in my sister's story, her waddle looked like her listening to her physiotherapist and her physical therapist and her occupational therapist. And she did those things that they asked her to do. For me, the waddle looked like, you know, countless appointments with a therapist. Um, and specifically, there was one time when he asked me a specific question. And in that moment, I felt the boulder roll away. And I felt Jesus say, come on out. And I was never more aware in that moment of the shame on my life. And I was brought back to a moment when I was 12 or 13, when, you know, because of the pain that I had endured, I was just behaving the way I was behaving, but I realized how shameful it was. And I remember taking that moment and locking those things up, those thoughts up, those, those behaviors up and saying, I will never think about this again. And in that moment, I allowed a lie to come into my life that I could never truly be loved if anyone ever knew. And that lie just continued to fester and fester. And yet I was still wanting love. And so I was looking for love everywhere and I was drawing on it, but it couldn't land in me. And so I became more and more dead and the, the, the pulling was becoming more and more strong. And in that moment, you know, when I began that process, I remember saying, I'm not going to lie. Everything's on the table. Like, let's do this. 
um, I'm not a faker. I'm not here, you know, like I, I tell people, like I don't want to pretend to be the church. I want to be the church. I don't want to pretend that I'm alive if I'm dead. I want to be alive. I want to see the power of God move in my life. And in this season, I remember saying like, wherever he takes me, we're going to go there. And I remember looking across the table at him and saying, cool as a cucumber. No, no, that's shameful stuff. That's not on me. I'm good. And I remember walking out of that meeting, getting in the car, calling Ted and saying, Ted, I just lied to Michael and we need to have a conversation tonight. And that was the beginning of my waddle. I was beginning to just like, like I, I could feel Jesus saying, come out. And I was terrified. And I remember getting, getting home and Ted, you know, at the end of the day, Titus went to bed and Ted and I sat on our couch and I still had not decided knowing that I could choose to die again and just put that on the shelf and just continue on to other graves. And I could make up a story about why I lied to my therapist, but I sat there and, you know, again, cool as a cucumber, just saying to Ted, you know, it's not a big deal, you know, there's just this thing that I just need to talk to you about. And my waddle began to look like um, about two hours worth of just shaking. I think the adrenaline would just cause me to shake. And like ugly, crying, hyperventilating. I think I thought I was going to vomit at some point um, because that thing that I had said I will never share and that thing that I thought would, like, it seems crazy now to say, you know, if Ted found out this thing, he would hightail it out of there with my son. But I believed it. And I began to share with him and I waddled out. And what he did and what my therapist did later on when I shared this with him was they began to unbind me you know, my therapist was able to share with me and open my eyes to see that every child who is hurt this way bleeds this way. It is not that you did something wrong. It's that you were broken and Jesus is the answer. And he was able to unwrap my eyes. And my husband was able to sit there and listen to me. And he was able to love me. And for the first time, there was an area of my life that was brought back to life. And I was able to receive love in an area that I'd never felt before because Jesus brought it back to life. But I was also set free. And I want to tell you this morning that maybe there is really stenchy, stinky things in your life, but we need to stop being surprised about the humanity in people's lives because we're human. We're human. And yes, we struggle. And that struggle is stinky. And the enemy will say, hide it. It's shameful. We see that with Adam and Eve. We see that in our lives. We see that at a grave where, you know, they cover it with a, with a stone and then they put beautiful flowers around and we try to make death look beautiful when really Jesus is there to rob our graves. And like any grave robber, He's only going to bring out what's of value and he's going to leave behind what is not of value. And this year, Jesus wants to take the things of value that have died in your life, those relationships, those finances, that insecurity. He wants to take those things and he wants to create something new that only he can do. And he will do what only he can do. He will resurrect those things. And he's only going to ask you to do what you can do. And that is to waddle out. And then he's going to ask other people to get around you, to unbind you. And I want to tell you this year, no matter how stinky you feel you are, let people get near you. And no matter how stinky your friends look, get near them because it is a new day and we are walking into the spring and in newness, this is the beginning of a new year and the spring, the spring is wet and it is muddy. And I just had a baby and it is new life and it is good and there is promise and there is destiny on his life. But when he came, it was muddy. There was a lot of crying. There's a lot of poo. 
but there is destiny there. And so I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to push through it. And one of the things I learned in that season was that on the other side of fear is freedom. And when we see fear, we can take hold of the promises of God and we can push through it and we can see freedom. But freedom doesn't just come from the Father. It flows through all of us to one another to see ourselves unbound and to see ourselves walk in freedom. And this is a year where I believe the church will look more glorious than ever before because it has never looked more dark before. And it is in the darkness where we see Jesus bring new life. You know, Jesus is a grave robber and he's asking us to be his accomplices this year. And, you know, as kids, you know, I have Titus and it's like cops and robbers and, you know, like how bad can we get? And I was listening to a message this year um, by Catherine Kane. If you haven't heard of her, um, she's an amazing, amazing speaker. And there was a moment when she had, she was sick and she was going into a surgery and she said, you know, she was talking to God and she said, you know, God, have I done everything here on earth? If I go today, have I done everything here on earth that I was called to do? And if I end up in heaven today, have I brought everyone with me that I'm supposed to bring? And, you know, in hearing her share that, I felt like, you know, we all have FOMO. You know, my seven-month-old has FOMO. When people are over, he, does, he has a fear of missing out. He doesn't want to go to sleep. He doesn't nap. I want our fear to be of missing out on what God has for us this year. And I don't want that fear to hold us in the grave. I want that fear to propel us out of the grave. And so I just want to pray for you today. And I just, you know, even as I've been talking, um, I want you to, to realize that if there are things in your life, we have to do it all together. You guys can start. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we have to do it all together. And if there are, if you don't have people in your life, get into small group. Get in a small group, get people around you. If you need to go to your doctor, go to your doctor. If you need to see a therapist, if you need pastoral care, whatever it is that you need this year to unbind you, get those things around you. Um, but this year, let, let's get together. Let's believe for God to do a new thing. And let's not just stand back and watch him do it in everyone else's lives. Let's do it in our lives as well. And so I just wanna pray for all of you this morning. If you feel like, um, there is something dead in your life. I guess I don't, I don't want to ask, is there something dead in your life? I know there's something dead in your life, in your life or in someone else's life. But will you just take a moment right now to identify it or just ask Jesus, come into my graveyard. What grave, Jesus, do you want to look at? And just ask him to hover, like in the beginning of time, just to hover over your life. And will you be just courageous enough this year to just say, even in the comments, just say, you know, Jesus, come into my graveyard. That's me. I want Jesus to come. And will you be brave enough this year to allow people to get around your stink and to get around other people's stink and to just see newness of life come? I just want to pray for you this morning. I believe the Holy Spirit um, put this word into my heart because I believe he wants to do a new thing in your life. I believe he wants to do a new thing in my life. Father, I just thank you for everyone that just joined us today and everyone that just heard my voice this morning. Jesus, we just release you now to do what you love to do, the first thing we ever saw you do, and that is to hover over darkness. And God, we are there is so much darkness. There is so much brokenness. But God, I just release you now to just heal and create and to bring new life. And Father, I just pray where there is fear, God, that we would just push through that fear and that we would walk through in freedom and that we would unbind one another this year. Father, I just pray that you would just move in a powerful way and that you would use us. We're not here to fake it, Jesus. We're here to do it. We're here to do it for real. And Father, I just thank you for the newness of life. And I thank you, God, that after the rain and after the mud, 
there comes fruitfulness. And God, we just believe that this will be a year that we see you be more fruitful than we have ever seen you before. In Jesus' name, amen. way this morning. Uh, Mia, amazing. I am so blessed by that Amazing. A timely word. Very timely word. So good. Hey, listen, if you're here today and you're listening to that word and you're wondering, what is my first step out of the grave? I want you to know this morning that your first step is to hear your name being called. Lazarus heard his name. Lazarus, Come come forth. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, Uh, And it says Israel, the Lord who created you. But that could be your name this morning. Roy, the Lord who created you. Christina, the Lord who created you, says, do not be afraid. I will save you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the deep waters, I will be with you. Your troubles will not overwhelm you. When you pass through the fire, you will not be burned. The hard trials that come will not hurt you. For I am the Lord your God who saves you. We believe that every person is called by name, that God knows you. In fact, the Bible says he knows the hairs, the number of hairs on our heads. He knows us that intimately and that personally. If you've never answered, answered Jesus calling you by name, you might say, well, how do I do that? Obedience looks like a waddle. That today you would simply say, I don't know what it all means. I don't know what the future looks like. But today I hear him calling my name. I want to receive eternal life. I want to receive hope. I want to receive Jesus in my life. If that's you today, I would love the greatest privilege of leading you in a prayer that you would just pray after me as you're watching here online. And after we pray this prayer, if you would just text, I prayed the prayer today. We have a Bible for you, and we want to just connect with you and let you know that as you come waddling out like so many of us, I'm still waddling. (laughs) Obedience looks like a waddle. I love it. I love it. I'd love to pray for you today. If that's you, he's calling you by name today. Just pray this very simple prayer with me now. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I thank you for your love for me. Thank you for your love for me. I hear you calling my name. I hear you calling my name. I want to come out of my dark place. I want to come out of my dark place. I want to know what it is. I want to know what it is. Not to fake it anymore. Not to fake it anymore. But to live life to its fullest. But to live life to its fullest. Forgive my sin. 
Forgive my sin. Come into my life. Come into my I'm coming out of the grave. I'm coming out of the grave. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you've been born again. Come on. Yes, it looks right. like a waddle, but you're about to come into a great new life with Jesus. Absolutely. God bless you. Congratulations for making that decision. Awesome decision. We have some prayer requests this morning. You know, there's a lot of prayer requests for family. For family, yeah. For comfort, for loneliness, for hope. Uh, Dennis and, and Kay and Tina and Frank. Uh, you know, um, friends that are having COVID tests, you know, this is our reality yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. And we're just praying against COVID. And we're praying against, you know, it, it attacking people for fibromyalgia, depression, anxiety. Let's pray for this this morning because, you know, none of this is God. He just doesn't want us to walk there. No, and no, and families, I'm, I'm telling you, during this time, families have been under attack. They really have. Yeah. They really have. Father, we're just coming to Lord you, Father, God. this morning. And Lord, we're asking you, Father, for healing in families, God, that you will just infiltrate families today, God, yes, that Lord. the lost will come home, the running will come home, yes. the, the ones that have been saying, I'm not going back, will come home, God. Yes, Lord. This is a year of coming out of the grave, come God. On, come this on. is a year of the prodigals returning home. Come on. This this is the year of restoration, God. Father, we're praying for families and anxiety and depression, God, of loneliness. God, you can fulfill all this because, God, you are the Father that can just father the fatherless, God. You are the Father that can love the, the unlovable, God. You can just fulfill all these needs, Father. Father, I just ask you just to reach in wherever the needs are this morning, God, that you will just touch those families, touch those marriages, touch those, those situations, God, that we can't see but you can, God. Father, we just pray you bless our church today, those watching, those that have just tuned in this morning, God, and that this timely word will take them through the next phase, God. Father, we love you so much. And as we start 2021, God, we just want to start it with you at the forefront, God, and, and give you all the honor, God, because you have great things in store for us and you love us so much. In your name we pray, amen. amen. Hey, look, we, uh, Elaine said, I prayed, and I just want to congratulate you, Yay. Elaine, today for just receiving Jesus the, into your the heart. The angels are having a party. <laughs> yeah, come on. And come there may on. be others that have, I just can't see that part of the screen. And if you, if you did hear your name today, and you say, well, I didn't hear anything audible. No, but in your heart, something just, you just really witnessed that with that word. Yeah. yeah. And it's Jesus calling you today. I just want to thank Mia. For her yeah, vulnerableness, her candor. Uh, the word was amazing, but the sincerity that it was attached vulnerability. to. Vulnerability. Just her vulnerability. You know, yeah. I just so appreciate Transparency, that. Transparency, amazing. And, uh, we're excited about her life. I mean, yeah. that's not going to be the first time she preaches. That's uh, yeah, It'd be no. so easy to prophesy. And, you know, her voice will be heard. And, and God has a message uh, from her life. So yeah. just appreciate her being willing to waddle. I love it. I love it so much. Just remember, um, if you do have a prayer request, and we didn't message... Um, get to it on here this morning. Put it in the text screen, it in. Yep. text it in, um, leave a voicemail. We really, really want to stand with you. Join a small group, hcfcornwall.ca small groups. First meeting happening this week. It's Come a on. meet and greet. Yeah. And I know our worship team, we have our own small group. And you know what? I'm excited. I think we're going to, it's going to be a year of, of bonding and just yeah. really getting to know each other. So make sure you join a small group because you know, that is where these tight relationships happen. Yeah, and, and re the realization that we're all stinky and <laughs> that we all need to be unwrapped. And Lazarus 
didn't unwrap himself and Jesus didn't unwrap Lazarus. That's right. Like, I mean, that is really a profound thought. It was Jesus said, go together and unwrap each other. And That's so right. we believe that in small group that takes place, whether it's virtually or in a home, uh, you know, for real, uh, it can take place. So we acknowledge we stink yeah. and we acknowledge I want to be unwrapped. And, uh, and so, yeah, make sure you sign up. This is going to be a powerful eight-week semester for sure. Yeah. Well, Harvest, it's been great being with you this yeah. morning in your living rooms, in your homes, with your families. Um, we're so excited for what 2021 has in store for us as a church. Yes. And I just know that it's going to be amazing. It is. But hopefully we see you back in our building yeah, really soon. It won't be long. And we love you. Until then, we'll see God you next bless. week. God bless. Have a great week. God bless you. Love you so much. Thank you. She said, Someone here been struggling with their mind, and I want that to end. It was like wiped clean. It was as if, like, it never happened. is for me and able to strengthen my heart at all times. I refuse to lose heart. This year you've got a diagnosis of diverticulitis and you said to me you were beginning to feel well already. Yes. So it's much better than last week. Much, much better. Okay, much, much better. <laughs> and you've suffered with psoriasis. With it was painful and now today it's gone. I asked you to do what you couldn't do and do it again. Just do what you couldn't do. There you go. Come on. It's amazing. I can't believe it. <laughs>